Today um, we begin a series on prayer. Um, much of prayer is a mystery. So maybe any of us that speak on the subject, we just touch on a small bit, maybe a different facet of what prayer is. Ideally, um, our prayers are not just talking about it, but God will prompt us to actually do it. There's no point really in knowing about prayer, although that's really helpful. Uh, The key thing is that we engage with God. And as I start, um, I found this an interesting question. You might not, but um, uh, why do people not pray? Why don't we pray? I'm sure lots of you do, but what are the excuses that people might give. Well, a legitimate one might be that they don't think God exists. That would be madness to pray into thin air to a God that didn't exist. Maybe he's not listening. Maybe your view of God is that he's um, impotent or he's too busy. Maybe we're too busy. God doesn't care. Or maybe he's not answered the prayer that I've been praying for a long time and you just got weary and given up. Thinking way, way back for some of us more than others, can you remember your very earliest prayer? The first prayer that you prayed, or maybe the themes of the sort of things that you used to pray for when you were a child. A cry for protection, for help, Can you remember the most important or desperate prayer that you've prayed? A prayer that God might show up, a prayer for a loved one to come to faith, that God might intervene, that he might guide you. Can you remember any prayers of confession? where you got very real with God about what you'd done and cried out to him for mercy, for forgiveness, for release, for a new start. Who or what prompts you to pray your most passionate prayers? Is it for yourself? And that's completely okay, but probably not okay if it stops there. Your family, your friends, the different communities you engage with at social clubs or at work, your church, the world, or simply just thanking God for your existence and his goodness and the next breath that we breathe. Jesus prayed from the start of his ministry to the very, very end. He's endlessly interceding for us all and all the saints, Hebrews chapter 7. The root of prayer and the wellspring of prayer is relational. Prayer is spiritual. Prayer is intrinsically loving. It's an encounter with a loving, transforming God. Prayer is born in love and expressed in love. 
If we have no relationship with God, the Father or God the Spirit, and that's hard, you've got to have one with the other through Jesus, we probably won't be open to God's directing or empowering, unless, of course, someone else is praying that we would be. We'll do life guided by our own thoughts, or the thoughts and maybe the manipulations of others, and do it in our own strength. I'm going to go through bits of Mark's chapter 1 um, as part of my introduction to prayer, and I think that can be found on page 1002 and 1003. So if you want to grab a Bible just to check that I'm doing it right, um, I think it's in a, a seat near, near you. But just very, very quickly, if you turn to page 1002, very, very uh, soon, you'll notice that Mark was really intent on helping us to understand who Jesus is. Not just an ordinary man, he is the Son of God. After briefly introducing John the Baptist, we get straight to Jesus, his significance, his ministry. Starts with a baptism at John's hands. And quite profoundly, and I think this is the wellspring of prayer, the Spirit descends on him like a dove. And God speaks in an audible voice for Jesus' benefit, maybe, not, uh, probably more those I imagine that heard around him. You are my son who I love. With you I'm well pleased. The wellspring of prayer begins by realizing our identity in God as beloved children born from above. This is quite hard to understand. We live in God, his overarching love, but God by his spirit is alive in us for keeps. Prayer is an expression of being connected to God. Prayer is a relationship where we can express our love first for God, receive his love, then express our love for God and for others. Romans 8:16 said, says the spirit, this is quite hard to get your head around, the spirit testifies with our spirit that we're children of God. There's something deep within that affirms our identity. Where Jesus is, God's, the Holy Spirit's chosen possession. Prayer, therefore, is a state of being. As a Christian, you are already in a relationship, so already in a state of prayer. We have a deep, eternal, spiritual connection. Prayer can be conscious and unconscious. Romans 8:26. The Spirit helps us. I'm pleased about this in our weakness. Got plenty of that. We don't know what to pray for, but the, the Spirit intercedes for us. Elsewhere, it talks about the Spirit interceding for us with wordless groans that come from deep within our being. Jesus knew that life is not easy. Verse 13 of chapter 1, he was in the wilderness for 40 days. The Spirit, listening prayer, had guided him into that wilderness and sustained him through the wilderness. He was tempted in every way by Satan, yet never alone. For Jesus, prayer and solitude 
lead to proclamation. Spirit-inspired prayer is the wellspring of mission. After um, John was put in prison, we read, Jesus went round proclaiming the good news in Galilee. The time has come, he said, verse 15, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus' ministry and mission wouldn't have been complete without spirit-directed, proclamationary ministry and mission. Spirit-inspired listening prayer helped Jesus to see the God-given potential in others. How could we possibly expect to see God-given potential in others if we don't involve God in the process and without his revelation? Contemplative discerning prayer helps us to see ourselves and others as we are, but also what we might become. God never leaves us as we are. He loves us as we are, but he's got a much bigger plan for us that's only fulfilled as we engage with him in prayer and discipleship. Jesus, when he came to gathering his team, was able to spot at a distance who was to follow him, invite them to follow, and then repurpose them. So in verse 17, after he says to the fishermen, come follow me, they're going to go and fish for people in future. When he sees Nathaniel in John 1:47, sees him under a fig tree, can see what his character's like. He's an Israelite with no deceit. And again, Jesus sees his potential. He's going to have an ability to see the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. I think as we pray, as we recognize God-given potential in others, it's as if we pray it, into being, release it in others. Spirit-inspired prayer gives Jesus authority to teach and to heal us too. Jesus drives out in pure spirits in Capernaum. People are amazed by his teaching. He taught as one who had authority. Verse 27, the people were so amazed that they asked each other, what is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. Spirit-inspired prayer brings greater compassion and compel Jesus to pray for the sick. Lucky Peter's mother-in-law had a fever made well. Then there was a queue at the door with lots and lots of people that Jesus prayed for and healed. Thank God that we believe in a God of compassion who can change our circumstances. Now, as much as I advocate prayer being an ongoing living relationship with God, and it is, a bit like breathing, chatting to God all the time, I think for disciples that's the sort of starting point, I can't escape the truth that Jesus also took time out to be alone with God the Father in prayer. Now, as someone who likes being with people, the idea of me taking time out to be alone just with God uh, didn't come naturally to me at first. But the nature of my job 
and position in the church has meant that there have been many times and seasons that I've needed to choose to be consciously alone with God. But many other times also, having done that in the secret place, that I've sought the confirmation of maybe similar thoughts coming to other people in the family of God. Some examples. Uh, the new year comes round quite fast, and Holy Trinity Church is expecting a vision. So if I don't spend a little bit of time in prayer, I'm a bit stuffed and look a bit stupid standing up here saying nothing. Maybe it's preaching. I don't know how many preachers have the nightmare. They'll get up here and there's just nothing worth saying or to be said. Maybe it's the big decisions that we face. We certainly pray when employing new staff members. We'd be mugs not to. We pray for healing and wholeness. And there's nothing like a tough pastoral situation to drive us to our knees. I've uh, tried to learn to use times in the day, um, sometimes times that feel a little bit of a waste um, to pray. I think I've said this before, but um, when our kids were little, I used to really, really resent doing the school run. It was quite a long way. Our kids were scattered far and wide. It's like, duh. Like I got to spend time with them. But actually on the way home, I did process and I did pray. Before being ordained, like a lot of you in church, I used to spend a load of time commuting. It was either on a train, I used to cycle. And I need to say to you that in the midst of being pushed and shoved and shunted, God gave me the grace to read my Bible and to pray. And without those times, just using those moments that could feel like a waste, those moments that maybe many of you resent having to do, God can use these moments to be intimate with him. More recently, I've been called to stop and listen and pray. We're so busy around here, and some of it's really, really good. But you can easily forget what the main thing is. Patrick, just stop. Listen. Pray. Because if I'm not doing it, how can I expect you to do that as well? The Lord has said to me, and he says to you, trust me in this. Interestingly, this was one of the dominant thoughts that came out of our staff away day. I had a few ideas about what the priorities were for the year, but I asked the staff to think and pray in advance what others might be. Some of them affirmed what had already been decided, maybe from on high, I don't know. But one thought that came out was simply this. Stop. Listen. And I would add pray. Trust me in this. I think the call is increasingly to punctuate our days, the natural rhythms of our days with prayer. Mark 1.35, Jesus prays in a solitary place 
Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Well, that wasn't a place of solitary for very long. Very soon, they came to find him, Simon and his companions, wanting to take maybe a, I don't know, they just needed Jesus, couldn't leave him alone. But in the solitary place, the private place, it was there that Jesus was directed about what to do in the public square. Verse 38, Jesus replied, let's go somewhere else to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. This is why I've come. In the secret, solitary place, Jesus was reminded of his purpose. Maybe the same will be true for us if we just give these little gifts of time back to God. Why solitary prayer? Well, it was just him and his father. It was an intimate time. There were no distractions. A time to silence the conflicting demands and the noise of life. Time to be redirected and move on. Verse 38, to preach. The disciples observed something about Jesus and they craved what he had. It prompted the question, Lord, teach us to pray. We've had the Lord's Prayer. When we make a similar request, teach us to pray, part of the answer will be found in that same prayer which has been recorded for us. Lord, teach us to pray. Many might have already bought our Lent book. I can see quite a few of them still left. Um, we've sold quite a few, actually. Um, by Pete Gregg, who's a Mayest Road pastor and uh, with others founded 24-7 um, Prayer Initiative. And um, he draws on wisdom that comes from the Bible, but also from Christians down the ages. There's some old stuff that never goes out of date. He argues that to be human is to pray, and that prayer is for normal people. So I'm looking out. We sort of qualify in this church, I think. We're fairly normal. Maybe too normal. Can't be too normal to pray. He gives us three principles that will get us started, or for some of you, restarted. Firstly, keep it simple. We don't get privileged access to God with clever language. There is no magic code that we have to crack. It's through Jesus and by the Spirit. God's with us all the time. He's always listening, always waiting, always longing to deepen his relationship with you. Secondly, keep it real. There's no point in putting on a show. God sees through all of that. Being truthful matters. Be tenacious. Ask for what you want. Maybe we'll get wiser in time to ask uh, for what we actually need. And thirdly, keep it up. I love the story of the persistent widow in Luke 18, verse 1. One of my prayer heroes 
she kept on bothering God, persistently, persistently asking for things. I know some of you have got that God-given quality. Please, please don't lose it. Let's encourage each other to be persistent. I think we can all be helped by putting some simple rhythms of prayer in place. Um, First thing in the day, mostly now, I've told you, Catherine, where's Catherine? She gave me a link to this app, Lake Show Divina. Is it Lake Show 365? It's just an easy thing to do. And if I don't, you can listen um, to it. It reflects on a Bible passage a couple of times. And there's a couple of really lovely prayers that set my day off on the right track. And I wish I'd discovered it sooner. Now, it's not the only way to do it, but it's a great way to start the day. And if I don't start my day like that, now, I miss it. Some people um, come and join us at 9 o'clock most days. Well, every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 9 o'clock prayer in the prayer room here. Everyone's welcome. Some of you can't go there. Find your own place to do this. In the middle of the day, uh, some people might set, if you've got a mobile phone or something, set yourself a little reminder, 12, 1, whenever's convenient for you, just to remember to pray. Maybe pray the Lord's Prayer. And at the end of the day, I don't always remember to do this, but lying on my bed, I'm given to reflecting on the day. Why not invite God into that conversation to show you what's been good about that day, to show you the things you need to give thanks for, to show you the things that you need to change. Prayer changes things. But equally, and maybe more importantly, prayer changes us. As a church, we've prayed for more people than usual over the last few weeks. And I'm not wanting to give us gold stars for this, but the truth is, and I could swear, but more bad stuff has been happening around people in their lives that have prompted us to pray. So some have been prompted by a crisis. I noticed one or two people who are in church that we've been praying for endlessly over the last month or so, and praise God that you're here this morning. That could have turned out quite differently. There's been people come to the church the last few weeks that um, have had really, really deep and serious losses. And that's so hard, it doesn't go away. But we've been praying for God's comfort and his peace. There's people that have been doing life on their own, maybe in a prideful way, always in an ignorant way. But for them, we've been praying that God would put a deeper yearning in their hearts and minds for a closer intimacy with God. There's others that feel fearful. Lots of us feel fearful. We pray for a spirit of boldness to give you courage. There's others in this congregation whose jobs are shaky or they've lost jobs and they're worried about how they're going to provide for their families. I can see an example of someone here for whom that was their abiding prayer. Praise God that they've got a job and we pray for those that are still struggling in this regard. Many, many, and we're growing in this because we're not quite sure but people come to us because they're sick. And we need to be praying like Jesus did for their healing. 
And for others, and yes, in Claygate, we need to pray spiritually that people would be delivered from the things that oppress them. We're being called back to more intentional prayer. Lord, teach me. Lord, teach us to pray. I pray that God would increase our longing, our yearning for relationship with him. For that is the wellspring of life and prayer. Quite a few years ago, as um, a young Christian, I'd read quite a lot of books on how to do things a little bit better and, and prayer. I just remember this image. You've probably read the same book. But there's an image... If you can imagine, in my mind's eye, and it can be something different in your mind's eye, um, I was brought up in old vicarages, so there were big doors and big fires. And imagine a door ajar, and you look in, and the fire's ablaze, and you look a little bit further, and there's an armchair, and there's a seat, and it's turned slightly away from me. I can't quite see who's there, but there's someone sitting in the chair. But I'm a bit too busy. And I'm getting on with life, and I'm not going through that door. Not at the moment, maybe another time when I've got a bit more time uh, to do this sort of thing. In the image, the person in the chair is God the Father. And he's sitting there, and he's waiting, and he's longing. He's got time for me. He just wants me to sit in another chair opposite and just have a chat. Sit down and have a chat with me, would you? Life will go much better. I'll just gladden my heart if you spent some time with me. Yesterday, I was a bit busy. Going off, had to get a picture that's going to go on the wall. Oh, no, DIY, worrying about where the drill is. Would I damage the wall? Really not what I wanted to do. There was a dog to walk. Oh, no, just a bit busy. Must get the dog. Get everyone out the door. Not a good experience. Wasn't in a good spirit myself. There were other things too. Trying to prefer, prepare um, for our time away. We're driving the car on the continent. Are they still going to let us in? Have we got snow tires, etc.? All really, really important things. And one of my sons came up to me. He says, Dad, I would like to have a chat. No, i just got to do the picture. And actually, I'd got some beers. And my idea for the day, I don't know why I don't even really like it, but I was going to watch the rugby at 4 o'clock, and nothing was going to get in the way of that time. But, but Dad, I'd quite like to have a chat with you. Didn't quite say this, but Dad's, what's wrong with you? that you could be busy doing all of that, and I'm your son, and I just want to chat with you. So not like the picture, but similar. Our fire wasn't a light, but my son did go in the other room, and he sat in a chair, and he waited until I did my jobs. And he just wanted to chat. Maybe that just gave me a revelation it's a, what it must be like for God. But God's not too busy. He is longing. He is waiting. He's ready to speak when we're ready to listen. He's a good, good father. Unlike me, perfect in all of his ways, 
never too busy, never too judgmental, never counting the last time that you bothered to spend time with him, longing, hoping to have deep fellowship with each and every one of us. Lord, help us. Let us pray.